When you determine I'm moving to the next level, you're saying, you know what? I'm going to leave everything behind me. I'm going to take a step out of what's been comfortable. I'm going to move into what God has for me. You don't live according to what you see. You don't live according to what you feel. You live according to what the Spirit of God has placed inside of you. And so if I'm trying to get to a new level, then I have to begin to think and hear differently. I got to begin to see differently. My life as I know it has to change. give life you are love you bring light to the darkness you give hope you restore every heart that is broken yes we say great are you lord your breath it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, pour out So we pour out our praise to you only. Say, great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Great are you, Lord. Come on, you give life. You give life. You are love. Bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. We say of you, Jesus. Great are you, Lord. Come on, it's your breath. It's your breath. In so we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, it's your breath in our so we pour out our praise to you only. Great are you, Lord. Say great, great. How many you know all the earth's going to shout his praise? Yes, he will. Oh. 
your praise our hearts will cry these bones will sing Shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing. Great are you, Lord. Come on, everybody, all the earth. And all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will cry, these bones will sing.
This is a fascinating um, story, a prophetic picture of um, that Ezekiel vision that Ezekiel saw. And I, I've read it before, but I just read it. I didn't really read it. All right, I'm in verse number two. And um, God said to the man dressed in linen, enter the place of the wheels under the angels. Fill your hands with burning coals from beneath the cherubim and scatter them over the city. And I watched as he entered. The cherubim were standing on the south side of the temple where the man entered. And a cloud filled the inside courtyard. And the glory of God ascended from the cherubim and moved to the threshold of the temple. The cloud filled the temple. The court and temple were both filled with the blazing presence of the glory of God and the sound, the wings of the cherubim were audible all the way to the outer court. And the sound of the voice was like the strong God in thunder. And this was the cloud of glory seen often in um, the Old Testament and the New Testaments. And sometimes they called it the Shekinah glory. Everybody say Shekinah. And so this cloud was also seen uh, in Exodus chapter 13. This is the cloud that stood by Israel in the wilderness. This is the cloud of glory that God spoke to Israel from. This is the cloud from which God met with Moses. This is the cloud that stood by the door of the tabernacle. This is the cloud from which God appeared to the high priest uh, in the holy place inside the veil. This is the cloud that so filled the temple when Solomon dedicated it that the priest could no longer serve. And so what we see here is that the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and paused over the threshold of the temple. The glory went from the cherub and paused or stopped right at the door of the temple. And in Ezekiel's vision, the glory of the Lord shines brightly the cloud of his glory filled yet we notice here that the cloud was on the move everybody say the cloud is on the move and this is seen in ezekiel chapter 9 and verse number three i told you i have a lot to go through today but i won't cover it all we'll do it next week and so we see that this cloud was pausing as it was about to leave the temple, about to leave the church. Again, this is a cloud that overshadowed uh, Mary when she conceived Jesus. This is the cloud that was present at the transfiguration of Jesus. This is the cloud of glory that received Jesus into heaven. This is the cloud that will display the glorious return of Jesus Christ. So Ezekiel saw this glory in a cloud. In a vision, and in the and in, in what he saw, unfortunately, in chapter ten, 
there was a tragedy. Everybody say tragedy. There was a tragedy in this. What Ezekiel saw was, and I don't really don't have time to go through the entire chapter, but what Ezekiel saw in this vision was many people at the temple, but he only saw the glory. There were folks at church doing what you do at church, laying hands on people, jumping and shouting and clapping, laying across the floor, sitting there doing nothing. There were folks in the church, but he was the only one that saw the glory. From the pew to the pulpit, nobody could feel or sense the presence of of God. So this is the picture. This is the picture of a present day truth in America today. And I'm not here to point my finger and I'm not here to blame, but apostolic houses and revival hubs, sinners, they speak truth. And the, when I when I, I will always speak truth. I will never I will never cower down to culture. And so I'm, this series that I'm launching today is called Revival Hubs. Revival Hubs. And we're going to talk about what our church is, what we're called to do. We're going to talk about what is a revivalist. We're going to talk about why are we revival? Why did God send his presence into our heart? God didn't just send our the presence, his presence into us so that we could just sit there and do nothing with it. You see, the presence of God, when the Holy Spirit entered your life, it, 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 the, the, pre, the Spirit entered your life to make a difference in somebody else's life. And so, yes, we have great time in the Spirit, and yes, we enjoy the Lord and we love the glory, but it's not all for us. And so the cloud left the angel in Ezekiel, and it paused over the door. It stopped there like the Lord was saying, hey, I'm giving you an opportunity, church, to repent. I'm giving you an opportunity to notice that I'm about to exit the temple. I'm giving you an opportunity to say, you know what? Wait a minute. Why is the glory cloud hovering over the door? And not one person discerned that the glory was leaving the temple. The glory paused over the threshold, the Bible says. This showed the unwillingness of the, the glory didn't want to leave. The glory wanted to stay, but, but the, as one last, one last uh, um, moment, the glory paused, and it was giving uh, this, the temple time to think, and it was giving the temple time to return to repentance. And, and the glory stands there, and, and, and the glory is, 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 is not seen by enemy and this by anybody, excuse me. And this is a prophetic picture of where we are as a, as a church, as, as, as a global church. God is wanting to release more glory and more presence, but everyone is busy. God's wanting to release more, 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 but everyone is distracted with COVID and everybody's distracted by uh, racial discrimination. Everybody's distracted by, by political uh, division and everybody's distracted by what the enemy has caused. An enemy has caused division. An enemy has caused distraction. But we move forward. But we move forward. 
If you've been with me for a while, you know I've spoken on Revival Hubs before. I've spoken on Apostolic Centers. I've spoken on Open Heaven Centers, Epicenter Churches. You name it, I've spoken about it. So when the Lord dropped this in my heart the other, after the young adults left, I knew the Lord began was beginning to change my perspective of revival hubs. A revival hub is a gathering place that God has set in a region that hosts his presence. A revival hub is a gathering place that God has set in a region to host his presence to host his so we we come here to host his presence we come here to wait on the lord we come here to not only get our needs met but meet his needs as well it's a place where all people from all walks of life can come and experience the life-changing power and love of God. What the Lord began to show me the other morning that not only does God set up revival hubs in regions, and we're going to set one up in Beaumont, we're going to set one up in Lake Charles, and we're going to set one up in Pensacola, and we're going to set revival hubs up everywhere. But what revival hubs produce are revival zones. Everybody say revival zones. And so if these hubs are gathering places for hungry people, hurt people, lost people, and sick people, there has to be a zone that is released from the hub that releases glory into the community. And so what we see in Ezekiel is a will within a will. We see in Ezekiel that, look at this here, this would be a hub. The center part of this would be a hub, right? Yes? Thank you. And so from the center of this, the hub, we call the rest of it spokes, do we not? Those are spokes. And so in a revival hub, from it are spokes. And the spokes represent different administrations. They represent different administrations of ministry. They represent different, um, um, they facilitate different things in a revival hub. So a hub is the central part of a wheel which the spokes radiate. All right, so in Ezekiel, we saw the glory of God radiating where? Where was the glory? It was over the door, okay? It was leaving. Y'all remember that? Okay. And so, I know I sound harsh, but give me a minute. I'll love you in a minute. Just talk help, Just talk back, okay? Just talk back, okay? Now, this is because I'm, I'm passionate about this. This is why God set up TGP here. We didn't, we, t, t, we didn't birth TGP to, to sound like and look like everybody else. And I hope that you're coming here because you want an encounter with God. And I hope that you're coming here because your 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 heart and your um your, your entire uh, body and being wants to experience more more of God. Amen. And so, if we're going to be a revival hub, then we're going to be passionate about the things of God, and we're going to be passionate about His presence, not just here but out there, because that's what's going to change America. 
not a bunch of, 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 of crazy talk from a bunch of Christians who know nothing about the word of God. Ooh. And so we're going to be people of the word. We're going to be people of the spirit. See, what happens in a lot of revival centers is they have a lot of spirit and no word. A lot of spirit and no word. So when the enemy comes in their life, they have no idea how to fight the devil because they're laying on the floor. But do you know you can't fight somebody laying down? You got to get up and swing a sword. So when the enemy comes at you, you got to get up, grab your Bible, and swing that thing and get that devil out of your life. And you do that by your words, by what you say. Amen. So you got to have the word on the inside of you. When we were growing up, I'm thankful for my mom. Most folks have no idea how to take my mom. Well, she offends me. Well, get over it. But here's the deal. My mom shoots straight. Amen. You can say amen. You're not going to hurt her feelings. She knows this. It's black and white with her. It's black and white, okay? It, but here's the deal. My mom raised Jeff and I, a single mom home, and for I don't know how many years, because I, I flew the coop. When did I fly the coop? Okay, 25 years. Okay. But I flew the, flew the coop when I was 18, I think. Yeah. So. And so, listen, I want, I want you to listen to this. She raised us. So single moms out there that are watching that are here, hey, trust God. Trust God. She didn't get through teenage years by not trusting God. She had to hold on to the altar. Amen. But we were good kids, so hallelujah. And so, and so, but she raised us, and she, and, she, and through our years, and I'm, 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 this is, I'm saying this for a reason. Through the years of us growing up, she didn't force us to read the Bible. She didn't force us to watch um, crazy TBN when it was back then, and she didn't force us. All right, but we saw her at lead by example, and so parents lead by example, and the same thing in the house of God. We lead by example. And so if we're busy on Facebook sharing crap and saying stuff that we shouldn't be saying, you're not giving a good example. You're fathering and you're mothering somebody, whether you're single, whether you don't have no kids or not. We're all fathers and mothers in the spirit. So whatever you say, someone's going to take it and run with it because they trust you. They trust you. And so we, Jeff and I we were exposed to great men and women of God because of mom, because she was she paused and allowed us to experience some things that most kids never experienced. She jerked us from churches that weren't flowing in the right direction and put us in places where we had to be to grow. You don't just stay stuck in a rut. You have to get out of it. So we went to a, a, a church and left a church, went to a church, and this is where we met many of you that are here today. This is where Jeff and I had the opportunity to begin to minister uh, in music. And that's where we began to serve. Uh, Coach Lee, uh, Arnold Lee, planted a, a deposit on the inside of us and invited us to his church. And that's when God began to open a door for us to, to begin to play our instruments at church. We've never done that before. And we definitely never experienced the presence of God before, like in that realm. And so that's when... The door, when, when he seized it, Arnold seized a moment, opened a door in the spirit, and out of, and just, we were kids, hey, mom, let's go try a new church. 
because there was obedience, we stepped into something new. We were uncomfortable with it, but we stepped into something new. We broke a box. Amen. We stepped into something new and it changed our life. You can't be afraid of change. And so um, we uh, start attending this church and then we meet uh, Peggy and we meet most of you in this room. And we were in middle school then. And uh, we began to attend a thing on Sunday night. It's called Powerhouse. You remember that? Powerhouse. And Pastor Peggy would preach and teach and would have a good time. But not only that was spirit driven. Amen. That was presence driven. And then on Wednesdays, we would get the word, the meat of the word. And the youth group that we were a part of, that Peggy and Arnold led, it was not some, it wasn't all fun and games, although we had fun and games, but it was the word of God that was being taught. We would literally take her notes that she would photo a Xerox on a printer, and we would have all of her notes, all of her her her, her Bible basically, was what well, was your Bible actually, and we would, we would read from her notes, and she would teach the word of God. That that began not only that with the, my mom's uh, instruction from the word, with Peggy's instruction from the word, and the word that we got on Sunday mornings in that season began to lay a foundation of where we, how we began to grow. So when you're moving into something new, there's got to be a foundation laid. For since May 31st, I've been laying a foundation on where I believe God's taking us. First, we had to crush our boxes. We had to crush our containers. And so, and some of us are still doing that today. But as we begin to progress and grow, uh, we moved into high school and uh, moved into another church. And then that church brought us to another level uh, of, of ministry that we're grateful for today. And then how many of you know, you know, I left and, and went to Mississippi, did the thing over there, came back. And then uh, probably 10, 15 years later, we birthed this. And this wasn't birthed out of a church split. This wasn't birthed out of anything but the presence of God. I sat there in our apartment, and I turned to Jeff and said, Jeff, let's go have church Sunday. Okay. That's that's what it was. Okay. And so I began to research, how do you plan a church? How do you do this? How do you do that? How many of you know uh, uh, none none of what I read made sense to me? Amen. None of it. What do you mean I got to raise $200,000. $200,000. What you mean? I don't know nobody that got $200,000. What you mean I got to send letters? What you mean I got to call folk? Let's just go have church. That's how I thought. Let's just go meet at the Elegante. I think it was called Elegante then. And let's just go have church. What do you mean I got to have $200,000? And so we met and 50 people showed up. We had a good time. I remember I preached a message called an enemy hath done this on my first day on the job. And we, we, we talked about things and we talked about different things. And, 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 um, and I, and I remember, I remember saying, I will never let a Jezebel spirit rule and reign in my church. Remember that my first Sunday and you know, most churches that started on their first Sunday, they don't say, talk about Jezebel. They don't talk about Leviathan. They don't talk about pride and arrogance. They don't talk about that kind of stuff. Because I was determined to be some, some, we were determined to birth a church that actually dealt with what people are dealing with. Amen. And so we, we created, I didn't know what we were creating at the time. It was just called The Gathering. 
and we created, as we began to move forward, I began to have this, this divine frustration. Have you ever had it before? A divine frustration where, where I knew God wanted to do something, wanted to say something, but I wasn't sure what he was doing or saying. And as much as I prayed and as much as I tried to get language on it, and never none of it made sense. And finally, one day I was laying in bed, I woke up, and I went to Facebook. Hallelujah. And um, I don't I don't encourage you to do that. And um, but that day I woke up, went to Facebook, and Apostle Ryan Lestrange had put something on Facebook. And he said, God was raising up gathering places. Gathering places. That's what that's that's what we are. I remember that's what that that's us. And he said, and these gathering places are going to be known as hubs all across America, and they're going to release revival zones and revival glory and financial glory and this, that, and the other. I said, God, could this be us? God, are you saying that we're supposed to host your glory in southeast Texas? God, are you calling us to be a a center of glory? Yes. (laughs) And so suddenly I began to understand Okay, that's why I hate Sunday morning. Do you realize we met at the Elegante, maybe maybe you probably don't know this, we met at Elegante, moved to 27th Street in Nederland, and I began to say, Jeff, I can't stand Sunday morning. Yeah, Jacob remembers. Alexis remembers. Tana will remember. Paige will remember. Mom will remember. Carl will remember. I began to say, I hate Sunday. Sunday is the most miserable day of the week. But I didn't realize God was making me uncomfortable. I didn't realize God was saying, hey, I never called you to be a Sunday morning preacher. So, okay, I'm laying in bed saying, okay, if you haven't called me to be a Sunday morning preacher, then what am I supposed to do? Because that's when Sunday, that's when, that's when you have church. That's when you have church. But you're going to do something different. I never called you to be like everybody else. I got a word right before we launched by Prophet Dell Gentry. Any of you guys know Prophet Dell? Anyway, he, he said, he said, he said, Pastor John, don't do it like everybody else. And all these people were telling me, don't do it like everybody else. Well, how the heck am I supposed to do this? I knew, I knew Wednesday night wouldn't work. Nobody goes to church on Wednesday night. I knew Friday night won't work because we got football. So what am I supposed to do? And the Lord, and the Lord just dropped it. Saturday night church. I said, oh heck no. And ain't nobody going to go to church on Saturday night. <laughs> was we, were we wrong? I was I wrong? And so one Sunday morning, I, I wake up and, again, I'm just, ugh, do I have to? <laughs> and, um, and, and, and this is going to be in my new book, Revival Zones, but, but I'm not going to go into everything because there's, there's moments, maybe I'll share next week, where God, God took me on a journey of change. And he took, made me so uncomfortable that I, ha- that I had, to, had to change the way I was doing things. And so this, that Sunday morning, I wake up, and it was only a few of us, maybe 10. And, um, and for that room, that was good. We were packed. And, uh, uh, and at the time, you know, we didn't want to lead worship, so we, we piped in Kilpatrick, John Kilpatrick's praise and worship leader. And people were on the floor doing their little thing, and, I was like, I'm, not, I'm done, man. I'm done. I'm not something to do all this. Get up. So I literally, we stopped. Yeah, I go, I go behind the curtain because we had a curtain back then. Went behind the curtain. They dressed where the soundboard was. And I said, hey, Jeff. I was on one end and he was on the other. And uh, I said, hey, um, what do you think about Saturday night church? 
Okay, sure. That was the that was the gist of our conversation. And um, and now Jeff's thinking we're gonna have Sunday morning and we're gonna be normal. So I turned. They're in the middle of singing "Shekinah Glory Come Down" and people were crying and doing their little thing on the floor. I turned the thing off, and I said, "Everybody get up." And uh, and I said, uh, I sat on. I had a little table and I sat down, and I said, "Hey, uh, we're we're gonna change some things." I said, "Um, we're no longer." And this is how I shouldn't have said it this way, but I did. I said, "We're no longer gonna meet on Sundays." It's like a deer in the headlights. What? Everybody thought I was I was shutting the church down. Everybody's like, "Oh." He's closing. Because, see, at that point, we had no money, didn't know how to pay the rent, couldn't pay the water, couldn't pay the electricity, had no money. And Bill Holden, um, one Sunday after church, I was leaving, he stopped me and he said, the Lord said to stay the course. I said, well, the Lord ain't right here, and the Lord doesn't have to make a decision on how to pay these bills. I do. The Lord says stay the course. Okie doke. So I get in Jeff's orange element at that time. And uh, I said, look, I said, look, we have no money. I said, we're going to meet at the shop because the shop was on Needland Avenue. I was like, oh, we got plenty of space there. Hey, it's prime location. Hey, great. We'll just go over there. Hey, the shop pays its own rent. We don't have to worry about it. That was my thinking. And 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 then back of my mind, the word was stay the course. Stay the course. Okay. So I tried to run from that. I tried to run from the word Saturday night church. I tried to run from it. And so we, I, I tell the people we're going to do Saturday night. And at first, everybody was excited. Everybody was, yeah, 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 yeah. And then at, when we took, it was July 4th weekend was our, was our first um, weekend to do it. Adrian was there. Trish was there. And we had, we, the, the first, I believe it was the first year Needland actually did a fireworks show. And so we planned to have barbecue and do all this stuff out there on the grounds. Jake was there. And, um. And we, so that was our first Saturday night church gathering. Then after that, Jeff said, well, you know what? I really feel like we need to do a, a summer breakthrough revival. Okay, all right, we'll do it. So we invited a bunch of our friends. And a lot of those pictures you saw earlier of like Kathy Suggs, Apostle Carolyn uh, Hebert, um, Joni Stevenson, a lot of those other, that had the blue uh, banner that says the gathering on it was part of Saturday night church. And when, Dr. Judy, and we packed that, that place out every Saturday night. People from other churches would come here for to, to that location. And I'll never, never forget, there was a, a, a one of the leaders in one of the large churches in our region came to one of those meetings and said, you know what? He said, he said you got it going on here. And he said, I may be part of a large church, but you got it going on here. You've got the presence. you got the glory. you got the power of God. And you know what? You've got it going on. And and we hosted the glory. And then we, we and I know it's getting late. I'm going to wrap this up in a minute, but you got to hear this today, okay? We're, 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 I'm going to wrap it up, but then we move here. I believe it was in October of the same year, and we go through the motions. We lost some momentum because anytime you move, you lose some momentum, and that's all right. We lost some momentum, but we we're trying to prime the pump a little bit. Great things happened. Great speakers came through here. God did amazing things. We did the renovation of the building, the stage. We cut the stage from over there to over here, flipped the room around, painted the building, and uh, we began to host major conferences, open heavens happened here first. And so we did all that. But how many of you know, just like God wanted me to do Saturday night church in the uh, beginning of the end of 2016, I was fighting God on moving to Sunday morning because Sunday morning, remember, was the most miserable day of the week for me. 
So God all of a sudden is making me uncomfortable. And Jeff had told me six months prior, hey, we got to go to Sunday. Uh, Saturday's over. I said, no, Saturday's not over. God said. So God said, Saturday. God, God said that. Yeah, but no, it's over. But God said we, we were doing a good thing on Saturday. How do we know good things can change? God can move you. God, God will put you in a place to get you ready, prepared for what he's going to do in a new place. And so <clears throat> I missed the moment where God spoke to him. I didn't move. I wasn't obedient. And so then my people would burn out. People quit coming on the, on the Saturday thing because I, I should have been obedient. I should have obeyed, but I was a six months late. See, you got to hear that. You got to listen to the voices around you. They've got wisdom. Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. And so, and so, so, so the glory had left the temple. <laughs> we were now doing it in our own self. We had, we felt good. We got the goosebumps, but we, but we were supposed to move. And so the end of 2016, we had to make some changes. That's when uh, we, I started doing worship with the, our pro- program and we started to do Sunday morning services. And I like, you know what? There was a grace on it. I no longer was miserable. It was freeing. It was, it was nice. I could feel the, the, pre- the kiss of the Father. I knew we were in right step. I knew it. What I didn't tell you at the end of 16, I got sick. I was, uh, had to stay in bed for 72 hours. They, uh, Robin and Angie and Mom. Carl and Jeff had to do the Christmas Eve service, and whoever else was a part of that. It was, and I and I knew when I asked, "How was it?" Nobody said anything. There you go. But you know what? That that fell on me because I was disobedient. I was disobedient because we no longer had grace to do Saturday. And so I was. So at that point, I realized I was laying on my couch, and they were in town because it was Christmas. Remember thinking to myself, man, have I messed up? And so that was the moment we decided we're going to Sunday morning immediately, making some immediate changes, and we're going to move forward. So just FYI, I love Sundays now. Um, but that's when we started really uh, beginning to move forward in a revival mentality. Yes, we had great, great meetings on Saturday night church, but those were meetings for the region. That's what kind of put us on the map, that, that people began to come to this well to get refreshed from God's presence. Leaders and pastors, and, 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 and every, they would come to Saturday night, get refreshed, and go back home to their church and release it. And so here we are today, six years later, and God is saying to um, come back to the conversation of a revival hub. But this time, but this time, because he before the, 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 the language of the revival hub mentality was, it was uh, really for people who were really, um, uh, what's the, the correct terminology? You know, revival, revival people sometimes can get a little weird. Let's just be weird. This is to be real about it. They get a little weird. And so, so the revival hub was creating a place for people to come that, that did not fit in in other churches. Are you with me? Okay. And so, but what the Lord spoke to me just the other day was this. A revival hub needs to be a church for all people. It needs to be a gathering place for all walks of life, not just for those that want to uh, uh, shake and quake and speak in tongues and run around that crazy. It needs to be a place for 
everybody so that everybody can get fed the word of God and experience an encounter with him, with me. There's got to be spirit and word. Everybody say spirit and word. Spirit and word. Spirit and word. We can't, we got to have the, the spirit and the word working together. A will within a will, like Ezekiel saw in chapter 10. A will within a will. And so revival hubs are places of encounters, places of hope and healing. It's a places of encouragement and empowerment. It's places of activation and impartation. It's places of justice and it's places of liberty. Now, each spoke, um, this is us. Let's pretend this is us. The, we're in the center. We're the hub. And now each of, this, of the spokes represent an administration. It represents a department. It represents a ministry. It represents not just ministries in this house, but it represents your ministry and what you are called to do. Everybody say, I'm called. So in this revival hub, you're a part of this. You're a spoke from the, from the center of the hub. Are you with me? So a zone, what is a zone? A zone is an area having a particular characteristic. The spoke is the zone. The spoke is the zone. And so we have the hub, and then you have zones that leave from the hub. God is calling us to create a hub, which we have. Now he's saying go to the next level and begin to create zones. Create zones. So from the hub produces zones that have specific God-given purpose to bring forth in the earth. <laughs>